0: Welcome to the 16th episode of the Gabriel Podcast. Today, my guest is Jay Anthony Galiza. He is the former president of the Anime Club and Esports organization at Cal California State University, Long Beach, um, and also a contributor to the Otaku Hourly uh, broadcast they have over there. So welcome
1: today, Jay. Hi, thank you so much for having me here.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for uh, agreeing to come on, um, Right now it's uh it's nighttime, 8 p.m. on the Pacific
1: Coast here. Um,
0: how's your day been, man?
1: Uh, you know, usual. Um, <laughs> nothing too special. Um, you know, I did go out recently. Um, but usually for the most part, I'm like I just to stay inside. I'm very introverted. Um, just like you know, casually playing games or watching anime, as you heard from my previous titles. That's why I am a gamer, anime fan um and also once i do study a bit i am studying project management right now but Mm -hmm. um that's pretty much it (laughs) just uh daily life going on
0: that is so interesting especially the introverted part that you mentioned because that i mean it seems like a lot of leadership roles with uh cal state long beach Uh, that's definitely gonna be an interesting story to kind of flesh out like how did you uh what that experience was like for you um but maybe um Let's see. Anything before? Yes, yeah, so maybe on a little bit on how I got to even like find you or like why I even you know emailed you to kind of invite yeah. you on here. Um, what was it? I think I I've been on a recent kind of esports um esports kind of journey, going through like the different colleges and then kind of exploring what their presidents' experiences have been like. Yeah. Um, I think it was because I, one day I was reading the news on, I was just typing on Google news and there was this local, uh, CSU, uh, Dominguez Hills. They had a, uh, they were doing some sort of, um, uh, mentorship program with this high school. And I just thought, you know what, it'd be really cool to kind of interview the heads of these, um, organizations and kind of see like what kind of life they led up to the point. Um, you know, and I, uh, to get them to that point um and I just thought you know what I went to California State Long Beach I was yeah. uh I was a, briefly um you know took part in the esports scene over there um and I thought, okay let's let's hit them up um let's see like where uh you know who's in charge right now and like what kind of person they are and and you know like yeah like the people the person in, in charge of these organizations, and that's where i messaged you and and you uh you know we're cool enough to to agree to do, do this podcast <laughs> yeah all right so thank you for that um yeah so let's go into a little bit um uh, maybe what how would you describe um you know you know maybe maybe like very briefly like your ex- experience at the anime club and 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 esports
1: yeah. Um sure. Uh so uh, my first year on college campus, uh looking forward to joining some clubs. You know, week of welcome, you see all the clubs around. Um definitely beforehand, actually, I've already wanted to join the anime club. I'm you know a big anime fan, so I looked for the anime club. The first club I found on week of welcome was actually esports. Mm. And yeah, I joined esports because not necessarily I was a competitive gamer, but I was looking for a gaming community to join. So uh, I went there. Actually, luckily the people who were at the booth at the time were players of the game I played, which was mostly Smash uh Smash Bros. for now. Um, I definitely love playing Smash Bros. And I went to esports. Esports is the that I would say probably um, the the club that actually has probably some of my closest friends from college. I mm. um, make friend, a lot of great a lot of great friends there. Um, I had fun with the esports scene, just going every single week, just playing Smash. Uh, not necessarily leadership role yet, but I live. I loved going right there. Uh, I did miss a couple of weeks here and then for like school at the time, since I wasn't deeply involved. But esports was definitely on my mind every Wednesday night. I'd be like it's esports time. I gotta go. <laughs> uh gotta you know destroy some people on smash even though it was pretty bad the game at the time i'm <laughs> <laughs> um, always losing but you know i, I take you know i get a win every you know 10 days that's good enough with me um so definitely that's one of my favorite experiences uh with esports at least my first year uh just you know going to every meeting and i'll be the same with anime club uh, anime club i actually did not find them week of welcome i actually just got a flyer through esports and had to go to the first meeting to meet uh, the anime club members and the board members um me Probably one of my biggest identities I would associate myself with, uh, at least early on, would be like an anime fan, not even much of a gamer yet. Uh, so, anime club was most one probably the club I went to the most. And even right away, I knew for sure that um, just because I had so fun, much fun in the first meeting, that eventually in four years, I would want to become president of anime club as well. Um, wow. I love, you know, uh, one of the things about me is I just love communities and I like building communities for people. Um, just because, which we probably used to ha- touch on later, but I was very shy and introverted. And it was hard for me to find a community of people to be with. And finding an anime club in high school and a kind of gaming club as well was uh, pretty happy for me. So when I joined college, just I saw opportunities to, uh, for communities and that I can, you know, be in a leadership role to help people find these communities. Uh, that's the thing I wanted to do the most. And by my time of second year, I applied as an intern for esports and I got the secondary award of anime club because I wanted to like contribute to these gaming and anime communities so much and as you know um period early on fourth year i became a president of anime club and my fifth year i became co-president of csp esports and uh i leaded the organizations during those times
0: very cool that um uh that progression you know it seems very definitely from a very impassioned um start for that love for anime and then also like love for those gaming communities yeah um so let me think okay so then how so how was it during your time when you were presidents for for uh those organizations um um how was that experience like
1: yeah um so i'm sorry amic club um just because i was the one i was Amic president first Mm -hmm. uh so um during my VP years of anime club, you know, I was working around. Uh, we had a bunch of changes go on as well. Usually just trying to, like, you know, make some uh, fun enjoyment for the community of anime club. And I carried that on to my presidency when I became president the following year. Um, generally, I just wanted to make more of a fun environment. I actually wanted to make it... Oddly enough, I wanted to make anime club less about anime um, mm. and more on the community. Because back then, anime club was about watching anime and making, like, watching anime with friends. But I wanted to be, like, a community where... You met people who like anime and you can like go with other kind of things. Like, you know, maybe you met anime friends who you could talk about school with, anime friends you could talk about gaming with, other hobbies. So I actually kind of made it more or less about anime, oddly <laughs> enough. I know it's kind of weird with the anime club, but my goal was with anime club again, was not necessarily to be a club for anime, like to watch anime or enjoy anime, but rather a community of anime lovers to like uh, just have fun with uh, through like various activities, events um for example activities we just do have we have things like things like you know name an anime song or like charades with anime anime shows uh events like go to little tokyo uh we had another event I, re- I had planned but i got co- cancer due to covid but was like a maid cafe which is very popular in japan mm-hmm. uh like a to say you know a general cafe with an anime aesthetic behind it and yeah generally i just wanted to make uh, anime club much more fun and much more community oriented and that's my I guess my biggest goals uh, when I was running anime club was, again, the, the community aspect of it. And um, how would ahead. you
0: rate the, uh, how did people receive that, do you think? Did, were people receptive of those uh, ideas of yours?
1: Um, yes and no, I would say because this is something that was uh, progressing over time. So like I mentioned, my VP years, uh, that was really in term. Uh, I kind of worked with the president that year to kind of make it more community-based. So by the time it came to my year, my term as president, uh, it was kind of more of expect, uh, it was kind of expected uh, to be like more of a community base. We did have some new students come in, and I know like Amic Club is always one of the biggest clubs on campus when it comes to the first week. Uh, normally, we have around uh, say like a 120 members attend the first meeting, uh, but it drops down significantly because you know people are like maybe they came here for the anime or they came here for something else. Um, like definitely Amic Club usually is an average around at lowest like 20 members to around 40 members at its peak during like the after like the week one. You know everyone just comes in and wants to you know visit clubs. Um, so yeah, I would say like one thing is that you know, some people didn't find it, some people actually just do want to watch anime or learn more about anime or essentially just watch anime. So there are some people who are who weren't favored by my changes, but for those who did change or for those who did stay, uh, they absolutely love the change. Uh again, many people have you know, at college, it's so hard to make friends. Um, even if you make friends within your class, once that term is over, you probably never talk to them again, uh mm-hmm. just because you lost that connection. I club is a weekly thing every single semester and i wanted to make sure that it was a community where people can continue to make friends and have fun every single week um and that's why i made it more community-based because you need those talking opportunities to essentially make new friends rather than just watching anime uh, as a i guess a platform or a club
0: definitely i like that um definitely you're you were hitting on definitely something with that whole um like friendship thing and 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 because like you know, when you go to college, you go to your classes, and you know you 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 make a couple friends here and there maybe, mm-hmm. but your it's focused centrally probably on the subject, and once yeah. that subject passes, then it's kind of like, you know, sometimes you don't talk to those people ever again, and you know, that <laughs> yeah. sucks because you know you, you feel like uh, there there's something there, like there was something that like that was a cool guy or like yeah cool girl or whatever, and but you just didn't have something that could um survive over time you know cuz yeah. the subject ended over... <laughs>
2: Yeah. Um
0: but definitely like having that you know anime club that and that kind of like love for uh you know f- for that can be that sustenance for that for that friendship over there over the years. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um and then hmm. Okay, and then how about esports?
1: Uh, so my, e- my story at eSports is very, I guess, different compared to my story at Amica. Because mm-hmm. when I came to eSports, I did kind of want to take a leadership role later on, but I never really planned to ever become president. And I'll explain later on why I eventually became president. Um, <laughs> but for the most part, uh, again, I was a casual gamer. Uh, I only like playing games casually. I did try to play Smash Bros. Ultimate or Smash Bros. Wii U and Ultimate competitively. But I was never near like any top level, whatever, uh, that kind of area. I was always just losing uh, for those of you, you know, who watch Smash, you know, I'm always an O2er. For those who know what that means, basically, um, you go to the tournament, it's double elimination. You just get limited right away. You lose both matches. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> oh, no. that's how good I was. Uh, better than the average player, but nowhere good as competitive. But the reason why I kept going was not for the competitive aspect, but because I made friends there. And I kept going my second year, third year. I was pretty much going every single week now, rather than like, just missing a couple. Even had homework, projects, whatever, I would finish them ahead of time. So then i would be like, I had time for esports now. And uh, because I made such good friends there, uh, esports was definitely a place that I just wanted to help out with a lot. Eventually, in my second year, like I mentioned, I did take an esports internship role where I can kind of help out with essentially the fighting game community—not necessarily all the fighting games, but more just Smash. But you know, I was under the category of fighting games, mm-hmm. and um, eventually, um, I just w- kept helping out my second, third year, and even my fourth year. I was just someone who helped out with the fighting game branch of esports and helping grow essentially the Smash community, and I had so much fun with that. Um, of course, my focus was anime club. So I wasn't taking any leadership roles yet in esports. Um, around, by the time I finished my fourth year of college, um, that was when I was president of the club, I def- eventually did pass on the presidency to someone else. Uh, t- his name is Ryan. He became the next president after me for anime club. With that in mind, I had a new opportunity for a leadership role and I saw one pop up. Esports was looking for some new board members. So uh, wanting to try out a new uh, platform, I became the secretary of esports in the fall semester. Um, basically because i just wanted to help out not necessarily present yet uh but um esports meant i had more involvement you know being there to take reading notes um work with plans give some input and advice work with everyone all single branches like the fighting game branch the shooting game branch um league of legends even virtual reality um all those people um not necessarily an expert in them but being able to talk with each of them and you know provide the communities for those who want it it's like i don't really play league of legends i don't really I even if you say I, won't, I wouldn't care much about League of Legends, but I do love people who love playing League of Legends and want to find a community of friends for League of Legends. So I want to make sure that, you know, with League of Legends or shooting games, VR, people can find those people to play with. And having a higher leadership role gave me this opportunity to essentially become, um, you know, a higher leadership role secretary, uh, just provide all these events that people can love. Um, I will say, though, a little kind of sad that um, it was an online semester. So it was mm-hmm. a pandemic semester, by the way, I should mm-hmm. mention. Uh, my fourth year of Amic Club also ended <clears> in a <throat> pandemic. Um, I was present president during, uh, when the pandemic started in March. Um, so I was president that year. So I ended my presidency in a pandemic and I started my esports secretary role in a pandemic as well. Um, so <laughs> it was kind of hard, but I did enjoy my time there helping out. Um, I will say that I was still very unsure with esports mainly because again, uh, I don't have too much experience with esports but I do want to help out. And yeah, that's pretty much my term with esports as a secretary um eventually um uh the following semester um so the reason why i am in co-presence because uh the person who was present during the fall semester she actually graduated in the fall semester so they need mm-hmm. a new role uh and since we didn't necessarily have a president to take over in the spring of the semester if we didn't have a president the club would die <laughs> um so and you know we have all these amazing teams i heard our call of duty team was popping off our valorant team popping off our watch team doing so well as well League of Legends, Smash, also just trying out all these teams doing very really well right now. And if we didn't have a president, you know, all those teams just fought through in the spring semester. So we needed someone to step up. And I took that role of stepping up to become president. Uh, I did it more for my love of esports and the gaming community. Uh, again, I apologize to like all the esports uh, people on the scene. I couldn't really advance our program because I felt too, it was, it felt too risky for someone with, with so little experience in esports to see advance our collegiate program, things like that but my goal was to keep it alive and to make sure that you guys can keep playing games and essentially do support the community still. So um, my goal as president was not only just keep it alive, but also to support the community in many ways as possible. And that's essentially why I became co-president. I personally left the, the, so as a co-president, I have another president, of course. Uh, Again, she was the former president or former president, but she graduated, but she was lucky enough, still wanted to help out with the scene. So she handled all the external parts of the club, you know, our collegiate connections, all that. Our competitive teams, while I handled like managing our club internally in our community. Um, so luckily, I had someone as amazing as her uh, running the club as well, and you know, help us help the esports scene still progress. Even though we had a leader like me who had no idea what esports was for the most part. Um, but generally, again, my focus was to keep esports alive and to make sure that the scene, the community in general, the gaming community, had someone to go to during a pandemic period. And that's essentially what my role as co-president of esports was during that time. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much all I did for esports. I host some events, uh, made sure, um, the community felt welcome. Some people who love games come in, um, and generally make sure that it's, I know it's weird to say this, but I kind of didn't expect my semester to go well. So what I did was I least spent most of my semester as a practice semester, as setting up semester, because fall semester will also be online. So mm-hmm. we do a lot more testing, see how things worked out. And I'll pass out the information to the next president, who by the way is very amazing. Good job. I love what she's doing right now um she's gonna take all my notes of all the mistakes i made all the things i learned and apply them for the upcoming fall semester and that's basically what i did with esports as a leader
0: yeah that's that's really interesting um definitely um because at least my understanding of uh the esports scene at least when i was there it was like I mean, there's like very much that community portion of like people that just like playing games. Yeah, you know, it's kind of it. It gave me similar vibes to like the anime, you know, club where it's like people Mm -hmm. are attracted by this like common thing, very general thing, and then esports kind, esports club kind of or yeah, kind of um was like just all these different communities put into one umbrella. Um. So I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure like, I'm definitely the the collegiate and like the super competitive scene is in there, but also just every gaming community is also part there. You know, like yeah, you know. So I and that's like I feel like where you know you flourish there, like kind of helping communities, you know, have a place, um, you know, where they can gather and, and kind of uh, make friends, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and that was my goal—just uh, provide a community for people to make some friends uh, in their in a similar interest. In this case, it would be gaming.
0: Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of you know, um, things that kind of go hand in hand with your experience with like the anime club and also the esports uh, yeah. scene there. What, um, how was it like? Because I'm assuming like organizing were you always um was that very natural to you kind of organizing and like uh managing you know different aspects of, of of an organization
1: i would say like both yes and no um just because around then i was trying to develop my leadership skills um actually during my fifth year when i became esports secretary i actually joined a leadership academy on campus and i started you know developing oh, my leadership oh, skills yeah. So <laughs> that's how I started working on. And even after I graduated, uh, I started learning some more project management skills as well. Um, but, you know, working with Amic Club and being a community studies major, I did study organizational communication as well and how to like organize communication in a business uh, environment and starting communication stuff in general. Uh, and even though I didn't have me- as developed leadership skills yet, I did up uh, you know apply some leadership skills in Amic Club or other things I worked in as well. Uh, even, in, even in group projects, I would often a leader for. So I definitely had that kind of experience when it came to like leading esports, um, yeah, and that's why I was able to come essentially co-president. Uh, I was fine with leading everything. Um, I wasn't perfect, obviously. Uh, you know, still learning as a, over time, but I did my best, and I promised that you know I did my hardest work when I was working with esports and make sure that everything was going pretty well uh, throughout the entire semester. I was uh, leading it. What do you believe makes a good leader? Uh, <laughs> my biggest term would be communication. Um, often, uh, you know, as often as a leader, you're not basically the, the most like, I guess say, the most intelligent person in the environment, and I guess organization. As communication, you also align to other people who you know have other specialties. So communicating with like their expectation, roles, responsibilities, all that kind of stuff. Uh, make sure they're aware of stuff because even if you can't specialize in that kind of area, you know, people, other people can. So say for example, League of Legends, I don't play that game whatsoever, but being able to communicate with the branch manager specifically, it's very important. Like, hey, here are my roles, expectations, and uh, here's your responsibility for that. Uh, here's what I want you to do. Making it very clear, communicating clear your expectations and then putting a trust in them that they can accomplish their task, even though, because uh, you know, I can't do it. I don't know how, how to hold League of Legends events. So uh, by communicating and putting trust in them, it's very important to essentially um, put a lot of trust in them and communicate your expectations very clearly. And that's why I say communication is very important. And in general, communication is also very important in other aspects as well. Um, one of the most things you want to do is make sure people feel valued in communication uh, in your organization. Mm-hmm. Things like, "Wow, nice job in the tournament," "Nice job with," uh, things like, "Nice job with the spreadsheet," you know, "Nice job with the tournament stuff." Uh, communication always makes people feel valued, and um, that's also one of the most important things. So, there are various important aspects of being a leader, but I think communication is one that is that term that puts them all together. And um, yeah, definitely, I'd say just communication is uh, probably the most important thing of a leader. Okay.
0: What are some of the things you learned while being president?
1: Um, mm, there are so many things that <laughs> that came up. Because, uh, you know, uh, as, you know, a, a person with a very, like, well, let's well, say, like, not developed the leadership skills, like, undeveloped leadership skills, you know, you learn throughout as you go. Uh, one of the things is to make, uh, like I mentioned, you know, communication, make expectations clear. Often, you know, I'd give out tasks and the uh, people don't understand it clearly. Um, sometimes it may be their fault, but often it's sometimes your own fault, which you need to understand at times. Like maybe you want not word it properly, because each people have each person has a different way of interpreting information in terms of like the communication model, how you often uh, like interpret or provide information isn't often how they receive information. So you often want to work with them, can you get them over time, see how they take in information? And essentially um, work with them that way, understand their community style and uh, provide instruction securely. Uh, at times I'll be like, hey, can I have this assignment done? And you know, they interpret assignment differently and they got the work done differently. Um, so an important thing again is just to make it clear, expectations, roles, responsibilities. And that's definitely one thing you want to take account of is uh, making things, uh, community things uh, clearly. But also one thing is, I, I wouldn't say, let's say uh, I definitely learned it and something I'm still working on is being able to uh, accept change and adapt to it. Um, you know, no matter how perfect you are, plans will always go wrong. Um, and the thing is that with me is that whenever I make plans, I like to plan it like rigidly, like has to be on the point, all that. But the problem with that is when something goes wrong, you don't really necessarily have a plan B, and things just fall apart. So you know, as I make more mistakes, uh, I learn like I need I need to have plan B's, plan C's, plan D's. Uh, things will always go wrong. You can't expect yourself to just be you know perfect because you have a very detailed spreadsheet, have forty-five page essay on how you want to plan an event things will go wrong um, no matter what you do. So always have a plan B, C, D, E, F. And one of the most important things I learned in event planning class is plan a fail. Uh, When you plan a fail, you know what can go wrong and you can make some alternate courses or options or choices from there and see how you can improve it. So uh, adapting is definitely one of the things that I'm still working on because I'm still very rigid in my planning. Uh, But uh, as I mentioned earlier, communication, I have other people rely on. They they are support my back and they'll be the ones to Help me come up with other options as I'm still trying to learn to become better at adapting.
0: Okay. What was the toughest part about being president?
1: Hmm. Toughest part of being president. Um, when it came to being president of Anime Club, um, the toughest part of being president was uh, the fact that I had no leadership experience. <laughs> uh, like I mentioned earlier, I'm very introverted, so I didn't really take any leadership roles, any major leadership, leadership roles until like Anime Club. Uh, it was all just too passionate. So present AMA Club, my hardest part was essentially not being experienced as, as a leader yet, just running purely on ideas, um, passion. I had some, I guess, leadership skills, like I mentioned, like project management. I can do that kind of stuff. But just being a general leader and supporting my team as best as possible. Uh, you know, um, I did have some problems with my Amit Club uh, board over time, uh, trying to get some work done. But, you know, I can also just blame part of it due to my thought of, you know, not being a very effective leader yet. Learning how to effectively communicate with them, make things uh, clear to them. And definitely um, just trying to make sure that um, <laughs> I just made sure to support them as much as possible on, uh, you know, having very undeveloped skills or just more of learning leadership skills throughout my presidency was definitely a challenge for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most people, when they take up a president role for any club, they often have some kind of leadership skills beforehand, even high school or maybe volunteer work for me. Again, I was an introvert. Um, I wasn't very social at all until like college um so developing that leadership skills was definitely the biggest challenge for me as the anime club president um when it came to esports uh quite the opposite instead um like i kind of I consider myself a very anime expert but when it comes to esports I, like i mentioned i'm not very familiar with esports collegiate stuff like that so uh becoming the president of esports hardest part b was esports <laughs> um just leading that but luckily again i had a co-president and a team's coordinator who is very effective at that kind of stuff. So I put the trust in them, here's my expectations, here's your role, here's your responsibilities and to get this handled. And you know, having my leadership skills being developed through the Leadership Academy and as my trial program with Anime Club, I was able to have that handled more effectively. But just that part of me was a little worried about like, how do I run an esports org? Because I have no idea what esports is. Um, so uh, uh, it definitely wasn't a major problem in esports like over on org since I had like people helping me out. But personally, uh, it was a large challenge because uh, I wasn't familiar with that field overall. And, you know, I'm just a casual gamer who just wants to support the casual gaming community. Uh, but, you know, I'm here as a co-president now because I want to keep the community alive and I want to support all these teams who've been working hard in the fall semester to make sure they can keep working hard again in the spring semester. And yeah, uh, just having so little experience in the field of eSports was definitely the largest challenge for me uh, as the eSports president um, during that term.
0: Okay, yeah. That's all really cool. Um, hmm. Okay. So... So, after you have you had those... Well, okay, I want to make a comment first on the anime club president thing. Yeah. Well, that, that That was really cool then, you know, because you know, it's one of those things where it's kind of like you know, experience with leadership. It's like I feel like, you know, as somebody you always have to start somewhere, you know, like, yeah. you know, with zero experience. And so, you know, you kind of, you know, go into that role. It is, it's a really cool story to kind of like see and witness like unfold, you know, like you went in there with just a very like raw passion for the field uh, yeah. or for the subject. And, you know, you, you were looking to do good. And I think that, I mean, that's two important components of, you know what makes a good leader you know that they're passionate about what they're doing and they have an intent for good you know yeah. for the community and i think that you know using those two concepts as your kind of north star <laughs> um to guide you during that presidency like definitely i think did you well um and did yeah. anime club well so you know hats off to you for for the stuff that you were able to do there
2: yeah thank you
0: <laughs> yeah um so, interesting. So, I maybe I want to go into a little bit. Um, maybe into a little bit. Of, um, I guess into the past a little bit. Um, how are you, like, as a kid?
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, I'm quite different as a kid from what I am now. Um, my interests were sort of the same, you know, anime and gaming. Actually, gaming more of it. I will playing anime as I progressed my childhood. But as a kid... Um, I was very quiet. Um, i so I was essentially every year until like high school, I was known as a quiet kid. Like people knew me as the person who never talked in class, never want to talk. Uh, even when I'm taking leadership roles, when it came to like presenting, I was very quiet and stiff. I didn't want to you know go up at all. Uh, very shy. Didn't want to do any of that. I just stood back. And, um, uh, most of what I did throughout my, uh, grade school and middle school career, uh, was just essentially just study and play games. Uh, I was one of those nerds who like had to get straight A's uh you know I got straight A's pretty much for most of my uh high school middle school life um I did get a couple B's but generally very uh smart student or not really smart hard working student um um and uh even then like my parents were very strict to me as a child um I was not allowed to play, watch tv or play video games on weekdays um not counting Fridays after class I was allowed to of course um so you know Monday to Thursdays strict on school always school all that um Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that would be all gaming. <laughs> just because now I can finally play games again. Uh, I did watch a couple of TV shows, but I um, uh, wasn't into TV yet. In fact, I will say this right now. As a kid, I thought anime was stupid. <laughs> um, I was like, anime? What is anime? This is all weird. <laughs> Everything I see anime, I'm like, this is just some of the weirdest stuff ever. I will probably never get into anime ever in my life. Ever, ever, ever. Uh, anime going to avoid that. There's no way I'm going to get into anime. So uh, right now I'm into gaming. Uh, just playing a bunch of games. Um... And yeah, throughout middle school, um, again, just a quiet kid, introverted. Didn't want to talk with people for the most part. I uh, had a couple friends here and there, but for the most part, um, I just kept to myself, very quiet. Um, and that's pretty much, uh, I guess there's not much to my childhood because all I did was study and play games, um, right. until middle school. Yeah, and that's the basic gist of my, I guess, grade school to middle school era. Yeah, you know, that's all you want to explore for there right now. What did, What was your favorite subject? When you were a kid, like really young kid, uh, uh, favorite subject was definitely math. Uh, big nerd in math. Uh, I'll just say right now, I know we're gonna get to it later, but in you know, high school, college, absolutely hated math. But <laughs> in grade school, middle school, uh, pretty good at math. I tried out for like some math team stuff in middle school. I wanted to be very proficient in math. Uh, and when I grew up, I wanted to be an engineer. Uh, you know, because you know math is often associated when you're a young student. So uh, I was aiming to be an engineer. Uh, math was pretty much my best subject. Uh, I also did love science and history. Um, English was co- quite a struggle for me, um, but I still often got the B's there, sometimes A. Uh, and at the time, my biggest passion, oh, I forgot about this. Um, my biggest passion at the time, because I forgot about that I did in, in college, um, <laughs> was music. Uh, I studied a bunch of music. Uh, ah. I played the flute very passionately. I would practice my flute every single day. Ah. Um, um, yeah, I joined uh, what do you call a concert band in middle school. Uh, flute was my passion uh I'll get more into this later on in high school but I did learn piano and joined the marching band so music was definitely one of the biggest parts of my life when I was young um in terms of like something to explore if I didn't become an engineer I would want to become like a musician on the side something like that uh so music was definitely um my one of my biggest passions with math uh going your question being my best subject or favorite subject in school
2: that is
0: that is quite fascinating okay let me think Okay, so interesting. So you mentioned that math was your favorite subject, and then you also mentioned uh, around what time did you associate, like, like that when you wanted to grow up, like, you wanted to be an engineer, like, around like elementary school grade, like, or like, uh, later?
1: I'll pay somewhere around like the end of second grade, um, because like, uh, I was still very new to school, and I was actually, I was like a struggling student back when I was in second grade, uh, when I became third grade, when I became like an A student. Second grade, I actually went to summer school because I was still struggling in classes. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that kind of summer school experience, uh third grade, I started becoming like a straight A student for the most part, uh, doing my best. The only part I was ever like satisfactory in was because of my speaking skills, because I never talked in class, never asked questions, never participated. But when it came to content and like uh content and the course material, uh I was very onto it. A plus student, uh usually you would get A's and all tests. Um but yeah, pretty much uh because in second grade, uh Eventually, I started becoming, like, really good at math. And, you know, in 10th grade, you have those, like, speed tests where you got to oh, solve, yeah. like, 100 math questions or, like, you know, math addition, subtraction uh, questions as fast as possible. Yeah. Uh, I started competing myself, and <laughs> I wanted to get that the highest level of math skill. So I saw, like, I was stuck in the third best or the, the, the second best level for, like, so long. I wanted to become the first best level when it came to, like, addition and subtraction. So I kept competing, kept practicing math. And eventually, you know, I became one of the best students in that class uh, and then, you know, finally got the highest rank in addition. And from there on, I'm like, you know, maybe I'm good at math. Uh, you know, I can do two plus two pretty quickly, so I might be an engineer in the future, you know. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, essentially becoming eventually becoming good at school in second grade and then advancing and becoming one of my, the best students in the class in third grade, fourth grade, and fifth grade. Uh, I do that, you know, maybe I had to become an engineer and be able to get at math. So that's why this made my focus was uh, math and music was my main focus uh, throughout my middle school and grade school career. How were you, you introduced to music? Um, so in third grade, um, uh, uh, we had like a, what do you call it, like some kind of uh, assembly in like the auditorium where they were introduced to some musicians. Uh, there were a bunch of musicians talking to talk- them talk about their story of playing musical instruments. Uh, we had a bunch of instruments pop up, like violins, clarinets, trumpets, uh, I was like, "Wow, this is pretty cool." Uh, I want get to music, and then this one guy stepped up with a flute, and I heard him play the flute. I'm like, "I want that instrument to be my instrument." <laughs> I don't know why, but it just sounded like it just sounded so beautiful that I wanted to be a flute player. Sadly, in third grade, uh, they actually don't allow third graders to play the flute because they think like oh, third graders have weak uh, like vocal chords, whatever, like to blow air. Uh, so they they only allow string instruments to be played by third graders. You have to be a fourth grader to start playing music. So. Uh, You know, luckily, I waited one year uh, because I didn't want to play the violin. I wanted only the flute. Uh, Fourth grade came by, and I was so excited. I waited for the music program to start again. I'm like, first thing I see it, flute signing up. Uh, Went to the music store, I rented the flute, and yeah, I just became very passionate in the flute. And and in fact, in fourth grade, I was the only flute player who uh, was there. We had three flute players in my fourth grade class, um, but two of them dropped out because uh, I don't know the real reason why um but one what but i know for sure like i went to a what do you call it, a music practice rehearsal and um uh there were three of us there but then he actually told me to leave because the other two were so far behind and they're like like uh, their practice oh wow! and then the following week uh he told me hey instead of joining the flute class i'm gonna have you join the other like uh woodwind instruments and jump play with them because they're more a little they're progressing a little further so eventually um i went there and he kind of just canceled over the flute class. And now instead of having like a one-hour woodwind class, it was now a two-hour woodwind class because uh, after the woodwind class, would normally be the flute class. But since all the other flute players were kicked out and I was the only one left, they, he moved me to the woodwind class and I just started playing flute from there. And then, yeah. How, that's how. Uh,
0: so how is that possible that you were advanced? Because wasn't that like your first time playing?
1: Uh, more like advanced to a, a group that was performing a little faster in the beginner group, I would say, at least. Not necessarily advanced levels, but to a group that was practicing a little more as well. I was moved to.
0: Right. But, like, how was your experience? Because wasn't that your first time playing? Like, Yeah, never... that was my
1: first time playing the flute. Yeah. I guess the other two just weren't practicing as much. Oh, maybe, okay. it just, maybe it was one of those times where, like, oh, my parents want me to play the piano and just practice music, that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Maybe they weren't as passionate as, you know, me. Because uh, my parents actually did not want me to get into music. They thought, you know, music was were expensive. Uh even my brother was like, just play the violin, it's much cheaper. Um so, you know, coming in, uh I was definitely very passionate about playing the flute at least. And, you know, uh, you know, I wanted to practice all the time. So I, I guess I progressed a little more, uh, a little quicker than he expected. And he had to like move me away for one week and put me into the group that was slightly faster in practicing, but still beginner level. Got you.
0: And how and how um and how was do you think like kind of learning the flute? Was it kind of like Was it frustrating or was it very much like um you know very
1: fun for you? Uh in terms of grade school, um, like playing the flute, it was pretty much fun. I didn't find it frustrating at all. Uh, you know, it was it was my first time playing music instrument in general. So, you know, learning how the keys work, how instrument work, all that kind of stuff was kind of difficult. But again, I was a nerd in grade school. Um, (laughs) trying to straighten everything, you know, I practiced all that, got it ready. Uh grade school, um, flute was no problem for me at all. It was all beginner stuff, and I just kind of just enjoyed it, had some fun. No really real sugar, Well, at least no long-term struggle when it came to uh, playing the flute. Okay, cool. Um, <clears throat> but you stuck on with it, huh?
0: Because you you went on to, to keep playing with the flute?
1: Yeah, in middle school and high school, I did continue middle school. Uh, that's when I actually started struggling more on because we had a little more advanced music. First year, second year was fine. Uh, well, third year, that's when I started reaching like my, I guess, skill cap. Uh, kind of struggled a bit, uh, but I still played music a bit, still love music. So uh, when I went to high school, I really joined the marching band. Um, I had some fun there. But my first day in the marching band, I walked in. Uh, he was like, Here's your sheet music. I looked at him like, How am I going to do this? <laughs> what What is this sheet here? Uh, it was so lost. And then he played the music in the background for like the entire band here. I'm like, this is so advanced and he he went up like hey was anyone like not prepared to join this class it was not expecting this I'm like let me uh raise my hand a bit <laughs> um but yeah by the time I joined marching band in ninth grade I definitely uh felt like you know back in grade school I was like the top of my class uh but in high school I was definitely like the one of the bottom people in my in my marching band and I struggled to keep up um and that's when I kind of like lost a little passion music I was switching to something else just a bit um, I was still in the math zone, so i still I still focused a little more on math overall. I didn't find my true passion yet, which uh, which I found in college. Um, but um music started dying around tenth grade. and I started like focusing more on math around tenth um, grade as i stopped started dropping oh math, math and Japanese were the two I was focusing on actually. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, as I lost interest in music, I started going into math and Japanese as like things I wanted to focus on in terms of like my studies right. that's that's fascinating.
0: We also, I found out that we went to the same high school and actually around the same time as well, um, at Long Beach Polytechnic High School. Yep. Um, how did Japanese come into the, to the conversation?
1: Um, yep. So uh, I kind of did skip over this in middle school, but I remember how in grade school, I mentioned I hated anime. Um, (laughs) well, anime was my introduction to Japanese and the reason why I got to anime was in eighth grade, um, just one of my closest friends were like, hey, you should watch this anime series. I'm like, but it's anime. <laughs> <now."> uh, <laughs> well, you know, what? I ended up watching it because all my friends were watching it. So like, you know, I felt like I want to be part of the friend group. Uh, again, I was an introvert, but I still want to become a little more, I guess, social. Mm-hmm. So uh, because like my closest friends at the time were all these anime fans, I gave in and then watched anime and uh, my first anime ever. You probably don't know the title, but for you know people watching, it's uh, Kadokyo Hit and Reborn. It's an action shonen series, um, but I'm going to skip over that. Generally, that's what got me to anime. And um, in ninth grade or in eighth grade, uh, I started becoming more obsessed with anime. Uh, after finishing that first anime, I had my friend recommend more animes, more animes, and I just kept getting into it. And I just fell in love with the language and the culture. So uh, when I heard when I went to ninth grade high school, I learned that Japanese was an option to learn as a study. Like, you're required to learn two years of a language in high school anyways. Um, so when I saw the options, you know, uh, being the anime fan I am now, um, I had to choose Japanese because like, I wanted to just be that person who was like, you know, I can watch anime without the English subtitles now. <laughs> so <laughs> um, that was my main motivation for learning Japanese was because I wanted to watch anime without subtitles. And I'm pretty sure that's a lot of reason. That's a lot of, that's a lot of motivation for why a lot of people start anime. And that's how I got into Japanese, just because I wanted to watch anime.
0: <laughs> you know, that is absolutely hilarious because I was a big anime like watcher as well um yeah. and i did watch kataku Hitman reborn oh <laughs> <laughs> i absolutely loved that one um i i hated the fact that they never really finished it um, yeah that was like that always hurt me i'm like why just just finish the show there's the yeah, manga please. panels already <laughs> there's a um, the content <laughs> i know i know it i love that absolutely um yeah I, I was uh i was like um man i was like i was like one of those people that just watched like the big three Oh. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> i i literally like watched all of like one piece bleach and uh naruto and then yeah. after i finished all of them um which actually does take a while to go through <laughs> one yeah, piece yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i i think i did that all in middle school mm-hmm. and then um uh what was it and then i i did watch i think hattokita men Reborn* reborn as like the fourth like shonen yeah anime which is relatively long too it's like about 100 or so episodes
1: uh, about 203 episodes 200. i remember
0: yeah <laughs> yeah something like that it was a pretty you know it had it's it had its length as well yeah. Um and yeah, I love that. I love that show. And th- you know, funnily enough, that this that, that that was behind the same reasoning like why I took Japanese for 4 years at at Poly. Yeah. Because of that just wanting to uh because of anime and Yeah. Uh, but you know, well that was the starting point, but the more and more I learned about Japanese culture, I re- you know, I realized like wow, that you know, I like Japanese culture. There there's something about you know their respect politeness the cleanliness and just you know the beauty the of the culture, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah um i really resonated with that a lot and um you know that's why i took that so did you take japanese just for the two years kind of thing i actually or? took it
1: all four years oh, um okay. You know one two three four I thought I was pretty good at Japanese so I took five six honors and then went to AP Japanese and uh-huh. yeah I thought I considered myself one of the best Japanese students in my classes at the time and I think my classmates would agree um <laughs> I you know I studied Japanese very intensely I'm always the one who would always finish homework early on I was like that <laughs> nerd again. Uh, like I don't know remember when you had Watson but she had like those panels like scores I had to fill out overtime. Uh, I don't change that my semester or your semester um but essentially you'd have like you have to complete like um I would say maybe i not, not exactly sure like maybe like nine out of the fifty squares by like a fourth period, um mm. yeah I would finish like eight out of the nine squares in the first week, <laughs> um just to get out of the way like I was that kind of nervous to get the homework done early um because uh, I would even read ahead in the textbook and that's why I was kind of like one of the s- more that top performing students in my class I was far from the best actually I just remember now there are like people who are way better than me uh but in terms of, like performing and like work ethic I was definitely at the top of the class when it came to like work ethic in that class right
0: that is so fascinating yeah i took ap japanese as well and yeah i was not anywhere close to that worth work ethic um yeah that is so interesting um (laughs) you know it's always nice to have like a person like that because like it i don't know they contribute to like the to the learning environment i feel uh just having like you know people that are really I don't know like just really really invested i mean everyone is invested to a certain degree why they took like ap japanese but like there are people that are like i don't know just like really really into it and it's always really fun <laughs> to kind of see like their their uh their progress and stuff like that
1: yeah it was interesting to see how many of the people who are passing japanese i just felt weird good they're like well, I'm passionate about Japanese because I'm very invested in the culture. I'm like, you know, I just want to watch anime without subtitles. <laughs> uh, that's my motivation for studying Japanese. I just I felt so underwhelming compared to all these other students who like actually had a I'm not gonna say like mine wasn't a real reason, but like quote unquote like real reason to study Japanese uh, was because of like that, that was their motivation. It's just so different from mine <laughs> right yeah so
0: so So how was the Interesting. And so you enjoyed like learning like Japanese because that's a rather like, yeah, it's a, one of more difficult languages to kind of get a hold of.
1: Yeah. Um, I know it's very hard language to learn, but again, my motivation was anime and I just wanted to become really good. Uh, I did struggle in AP Japanese in and past honor, but I was mostly through kanji, um, yes. you know, just writing out the kanji, memorizing wow. all that. But when it came to like grammar and uh, even vocab, uh, that's something that I could generally grasp pretty quickly because like with vocab, I'm like, you know, I remember this. I remember this word from an anime and i could just like associate that visual imagery with the word and i had a way to visualize it for the most part and when it came to even grammar like even though like most anime is more casual speech um generally like, you can hear you can hear like some being repeated in anime that i can hear like in grammar classes or in grammar lessons in japanese class so it was pretty much easy for that you know they don't teach you kanji in like anime so that's why i struggled there <laughs> yeah um
0: <laughs> i the kanji always got to me um i remembered The summer, like the summer homework that we received for before we got into AP Japanese, it was like this thick packet.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I remember
0: those. uh, Yeah, like a hundreds, like a lot of kanji, and Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know kanji. It's just something where you just gotta. It's one of those things you just gotta keep going at it. You know, it's like it's not. It's uh, yeah. So it's a
1: real grind. Go ahead.
0: so um how so did you accomplish your goal were you able to uh
1: <laughs> watch anime without subtitles yes <laughs> uh no i was not <laughs> even now today's uh which i'll probably go on when i when you get to college but i also eventually gave up on japanese and i found what is my current fashion now when it comes to like uh what i'm trying to do right now but you know, when I was studying Japanese in high school, uh, my goal was just to, just to become good or, better at Japanese and recognize a bunch of terms when I watched anime. And sometimes I can, like, just close my eyes and be like, I know what they're saying, Um, things like that. Right. But I wasn't perfect yet. Uh, I was far from, you know, <clears throat> not needing subtitles. It's more like once in a while I hear a phrase, I'm like, yo, konnichiwa. I know what that means, you know?
0: <laughs> right.
1: <clears throat> yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, it was funny because I, I, you know, I had the same kind of similar experience. I was like, I, i took four years in japanese in high school and finally i I continued japanese actually for a little bit in college at cal state for like two years but um just because i i was like didn't exactly know what i wanted to do Mm -hmm. um but yeah like right now i still like kind of you know sometimes close my eyes and like listen and i'm like i try to guess sometimes like okay (laughs) like what what did they say and uh you know, you get you get like the gist. I, I'm like at that point where like I kind kind of like get a good percentage chance of like what they're trying to say, but yeah. um, but yeah, nowhere near as uh, fluent as uh, <laughs> yeah as uh I could be. Okay, interesting, interesting. Um, and okay, so then food math. So what happened to math? Because you you mentioned that. Around 10th grade, your, your love for music was kind of waning off, yeah. um, and then it was picking up Japanese and math. So w- what's the deal with math?
1: So math has always been my biggest strength. You know, grade school, middle school, pretty good at math. Even my first two years of uh, high school, I was pretty good at math. So I still consider, like, when I become, you know, uh, when I go to college, what my major will be, will probably be engineering or business. Uh, still focusing on engineering right now as, you know, pretty good at math but then 11th grade hit, and that's when the term calculus came into play. (laughs) And, (laughs) um, you know, I took pre, I know pre-cal and calculus are quite different subjects, but I still just felt the same because they had the word calculus in it. And taking uh, pre-calculus, that's when I truly started struggling in math. And again, that's where I reached my cap in math. Um, uh, I I was struggling with the subject so much. I still passed the class, so no worries about (laughs) that. Um, You know, I still got a B in it. Oh, yeah, I still got the B in it, but to me, a B minus, borderline C plus was not good enough yet. I was still kind of a nerd, um, you know, changed, that changed entirely in college. Um, <laughs> um, but you know, I was not going to accept the B minus. And I thought like I was just struggling a lot and seeing how, like I was just doing so good in Japanese, getting A's, being like top performing, uh, I had a motivation too, cause of anime, uh, as I struggled pre-calculus, um, like, uh, kind of struggling a bit, but I kept going. Um, I still loved math a bit. I still consider being an engineer in the future. Uh, maybe I just had hit, hit a roadblock book for a while. In fact, uh, one of the biggest reasons why I quit is because, uh, in my opinion, uh, anyone agrees with me for this, by the way, is that I just didn't have a good teacher, and sometimes the teacher like changes everything. Um, so I, for the time being, I actually blamed it on the teacher rather than my own skills right now at the moment. So I went to calculus, AP calculus specifically. Went there. Um, it's I Amici. The test. Oh, you, oh, Dimitri, yeah, Dimitri. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: So you
0: experienced Michi, right? Yeah, I, I took yeah. that class too. I. That was one of the APs that I took in my senior year and uh mm-hmm. Oh man, like I think that was I mean I I also considered myself like a straight A student like all the way up to middle school and all the way up until junior year. I was like a pretty straight A student with <laughs> funnily enough only I had a B in English in all my years. There's just yeah. so, and it was always 89%. It was actually insane. Yeah. Um very frustrating. But then senior year hit and calculus I, it was one of those classes. I mean, that I just fell off the wayside with all the yeah. other APs. Yeah. I, I it was terrible to my my self identity <laughs> because <laughs> I got like a C in that class. I thought I was gonna fail that class actually. Yeah. Um, but I somehow passed with a C, and and it was mostly just because like I did not have the time to dedicate to like learning these new concepts because calculus is like a new like language almost yeah. <laughs> like it's like so it's like you have to like dedicate time to like you know get the foundations correct but i just you know was there was no time management in, high, in senior year
1: for me so yeah <clears throat> so so how was the the calculus experience uh, just to go over quickly, you know, I took calculus, took my first exam. Uh, I actually got a, I got an A in it, I think, my first exam. Uh, and saw a lot of people dropping out, because usually by the first exam, a lot of people fail, and that's when they choose to drop out. Um, so I felt very confident going to AP, AP Calculus, but as Unit 2 came in, and then Unit 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, I started getting Ds and everything. I was struggling understanding it. it. Uh, so uh, when I took the final exam for the midterm, uh, for the m- mid-semester, like in December-ish, I think, January, uh, we transitioned, um... I actually did a pretty bad job. I think I got an F on it. Uh, I ended the class with a C and people were like, but you can still, you know, pass. You still make it through. But by then, that's when I was like, this is it. Uh, this is the end of my math career. Oh my <laughs> and um, I dropped out of AP calculus for the next turn. I went to finite math and well, I had fun on finite math uh, being so easy. Um, in fact, uh, just a fun joke. Uh, I always mess around my AP calc friend. The first like three months of my finite math class was focused on dog sledding. Um, don't ask why I was involved in lectures, <laughs> oh, but, you know, having your studies, your math, be focused on dog studying married than math, um, uh, was pretty fun and, uh, was a big change of pace. But by then, um, you know, I was just done with AP calculus trying to figure out what I to do, but I was still doing pretty good in Japanese. Uh, so, uh, as I moved into college, I graduated my first plan. Actually, I technically went into college undeclared uh, but I chose to start as a Japanese major because I knew I wanted to minor in Japanese um, mm. studies. So I wanted, like, my advisors to direct me towards more Japanese culture-oriented classes with, like, my GEs, which is why I chose as the major first before I switched on. Um, so I, uh, in my last year of high school, I dropped out of, uh, you know, math. I canceled my, what do you call it, engineering career. And... Uh, focused on I was, I, at the moment my highest priority was uh, business but I was still like not sure how business worked at the moment because we don't have like you know different business classes in high school so yeah. I wanted to do that for exploration so I started off as a job major when I went to college and you know um, that's pretty much how my math career ended was through AP Calculus
0: yeah yeah that's yeah <laughs> um but that's really interesting um the at least the parallels with uh yeah with the um yeah like the parallels with japanese like math and japanese um uh yeah so you so how many years did you take japanese in in
1: in uh college in college so um i took four years in high school when i went to college i actually took uh even though like i was a japanese major at the time I actually <clears throat> did that, i think after my first year uh, my first semester uh my second semester i started with japanese 102 uh, because I was supposed to go to 201, but I thought I was rusty with the semester break. Right. Um, so I went to 102, took 201, 202. Uh, then I took 301 and 311 at the same time. And yeah, that was uh, very stressful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, go ahead.
0: Yeah, I think I don't remember what my last uh class, I think it was in the, I think it might have been the two hundred two. Oh, 300s. Yeah, because I I remembered I was going in and then I was speaking. They, you know, I think they do like a pretest to kind of see yeah, yeah. like what the my level was, and um, I think they were I, they were saying something like, like um, I think they wanted me to go to one. I actually don't remember the timeline of this. Um, they want they definitely did want me to go to one hundred two, but then I was advocating for like just to go to the the 200 level classes cuz yeah. i went through like the whole you know four years in high school and like ap japanese and stuff like that so it was like yep. you know i was like relatively like i was just like yeah so i think i think i did go to the 200 level class and then <laughs> i struggled definitely then even like then i think i got like a b um <laughs> in that class and then i think i did the 300 I think I stopped in 300. Um, the first in that class in that level, and yeah. I think that was the one where you had to like start to write paragraphs and like essays in yeah. like Japanese. And yeah. <laughs> I at that point I was like, yeah, okay, this is progressing farther than what my abilities could like <laughs> conjure. Yeah. Um, I mean, in, even in English, I was already like didn't like timed essays. Yeah. Um, but then you had to like write essays in Japanese. I'm like okay. Yeah, no, this is not gonna yeah. work. <laughs> um, so I kinda of bowed out after uh after that level. I was like yeah. I was like remember like what was the whole point of this? And I was like, Oh yeah, it was like for anime and <laughs> Yeah I'm like, Yeah, I think I've done you know, my part in that goal and I can leave satisfactory, you know, in yeah. Anime. So, yeah. Okay. So, so after that three
1: hundred level, yeah, you kind of just. I took 301, eleven and that's when I truly began struggling because I took two Japanese classes in one. 301 is uh, advanced Japanese, and mm. three eleven is um, advanced speaking Japanese.
2: Mm.
1: Um. So I took both at the same time, and the hardest part of that is uh, they're basically um. So both classes were Tuesday Thursdays with like a one hour gap between them. Um. So I had back to back Japanese every Tuesday Thursdays, and the hardest part of that is also um. They're both basically different classes. So that means, you know, each class would have, you know, it, each sets of like 50 kanjis <sighs> each. So not, was, I wasn't just studying like, you know, 15 kanji a week, I was studying 100 kanji every week now because you had the 50 for 301 and the 50 for three hundred eleven. and often they, would, they didn't overlap because they were two guys different classes. Right. Um, so uh, I was struggling, uh, I cried every week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and in fact, uh, I remember after, after taking um, one of the chapter tests i literally remember walking out at 301 uh and one of the people person next to me was actually start, started crying <laughs> and i'm like i was also like in tears i wasn't crying but i was like oh man that was a hard test no. and the worst part is like during finals week uh you know how skills was you know finals and festivals are a little differently um oddly enough 301 and eleven were back to back there was not even a two-hour <laughs> gap they were back to back so i came up crying for one. i'm like and now I have to go back to take 3.11 to the next class oh. and I cry again as I walk out. Oh, um,
2: my so God. So after
1: that experience with 3.01 and 3.11, um, I didn't give up yet. I thought maybe it's because I was taking two classes. So the next semester, I took 3.02 by itself. And that was worse than 3.01 and 3.11. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what was 3.02 about? Is that... uh, That's advanced Japanese number two, I guess I would say. Oh, okay. Um, so 3.02 was just a lot harder uh at that time so just generally it's harder not gonna go over a whole entire story with that but it's harder but one of the funniest moments I did was that well first of all one way I did is uh after one test I just noticed that I was just so falling, falling so far behind I actually went to the teacher and be like I'm sorry but I'm gonna be pseudo dropping out of this class <laughs> and what I mean by pseudo dropping out is that I it's more like uh I rather get the f than the w so I didn't withdraw from the class. Oh. Um, so I told him that I just no longer want to attend class, but I still want the F. Don't give me a W. Um, that's more because of, you know, like what do you call um, part-time status, kind of like financial aid kind of stuff. Mm-hmm.
2: And I had a pretty high
1: GPA. So my girl was pretty much safe. So I, I think I, I thought that the F was um, not as uh, going to hit hard as the W. So I chose the F instead. Um, but so I should have dropped out, but I still went to classes once in a while for like, just to get more information inside the language. Um, and I actually went to the final for 302, um, even though I think like, I didn't in the class for two, like two months. And, um, that was one of the funniest things I did was, uh, when I went to the final, I went there, uh, people were like, Whoa, you're back. Uh, most people didn't know I dropped out by the way. So I did that. I was like self-studying, um, when I did the final. So I went in took the final, uh, I did the first, te- first, those was like four pages did the first page very easy. I looked at the second page. And not only was it hard to answer, but I couldn't even read the questions because the question was in Japanese. <laughs> so I don't even know how to like, quote unquote, like BS my way through it because I couldn't read the question. So I didn't know what I was supposed to do. <laughs> so I, I looked at the test. I'm like, what am I, what is it trying to ask me? Uh, so then I, I chose to give up there. I went up, I got the test and I gave it to you. I'm like, Sumimasen, sayonara. <laughs> um... And the funniest thing is, again, like when we most people didn't even know I dropped out of the class. So they're like, when I stood up, they're like, whoa, he finished already? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, I gave up. <laughs> I gave up. <laughs> but no, they always thought me as a smart student. So they thought, you know, I, I just, uh, I finished early. So I walked up, submitted it, and walked out. And the whole class, except for like one friend who knew I, like, I dropped out, uh, knew that, like, damn, he finished it. And like, he finished the, that whole test in two hours when I'm still on page two. Yeah. So oh, that was, uh, and that was uh, after three or twos when I kind of gave up in a, uh, I guess studying advanced Japanese. I still kept the Japanese minor, so instead of focusing on language, I focused more on culture. So I studied cultural communication, uh, and I studied more the cultural aspects of the language to finish my minor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I essentially just became more familiar with the culture over the language. Um, and that's essentially uh, my experience with Japanese now. Uh, I dropped out studying the language. No longer uh, am I trying to read subtitles or understand subtitles without it. Um, I focused on the culture and moved on to something else. And uh, eventually, um, even though as I was like, you know, in, back in 301, third eleven, when I was struggling, I still was passionate in Japanese. That's when I actually found out a new passion for me. And uh, that's when I focused on that. So after I dropped out of 302, I started focusing more on my new passion. And um, yeah, I kind of just dropped out of Japanese from there.
0: Got it. So
1: what was that new passion? Uh, so, um. It's odd, not, odd enough to say this before I, like, reveal it, but it'll be p- pretty obvious once I, like, say, like, part of the hint. Um, so in high school, um, when I was applying for a major, uh, back in, like, 11th grade first, like, what major I wanted to be, again, I took the like, engineer. So, like, my most wanted major was to be an engineer, and also, I also concerned, what was my least wanted major? And uh, my least wanted major was communication studies. Um, Like, I don't want to do communication studies. I don't want to do public speaking at all. I actually hate public speaking. Um, so uh, I went to college uh i took a public speaking course uh and i actually loved it um
0: really
1: yeah i, I was so like going into college the scariest thing for me was that public speaking course because again i was so far introverted never want to speak up never did presentations whatsoever no, never had a leadership role or anything like that so i took that public speaking course and i'm like oh man they're gonna make me speeches i have to go up and do some talking oh man and um i love that class
0: <laughs> wow Why? why do man. you think so or what happened? I don't happened?
1: know. I think the fact is that I never really had any direct training with communication, so maybe I never understood that I actually like communication or, like, that kind of stuff. I still, to this day, I still hate public speaking, and I'll explain more about that later on as well, but generally, just getting more from a communication, I'm like, I never really had any training with communication, how to communicate properly, that kind of stuff. Uh, maybe because I'll be, a, you know, an introverted gamer and anime fan, so I just stuck to myself for the most part, Never so I was never actually speaking much,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: but just the opportunity to, like, become a better speaker and a better communicator was very, like, Kind of eye opening. By then, I still wasn't like deciding like I'm gonna be a calm major. I was still far from that, but it, it gave me insight to what communication could really be about. And uh, I just continued to think about it. So, first year semester, first semester, I took public speaking. Second semester, I focused more on um, what do you call it? my Japanese major and my GE's. By the time I started my second year, that's when I started taking interest in business a bit. Uh, I, I actually declared my minor in business, um, international business, and started. Kept, I kept my Japanese major but I felt like I still wanted to see what major I wanted to take in because I did not want to major in Japanese. Uh, not because I didn't want to, I, I didn't like, I didn't lose interest in Japanese yet, but I didn't want to like make my career out of Japanese. I want to learn something more out of it. So I kept looking around and I asked my brother, I'm like, Hey, what should I look on? And he gave me a record, series of recommendations of majors to take psychology, sociology, health and science, um, um, nursing, um, all that kind of stuff. None of them interested me. And then he mentioned communications. I'm like, Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Uh, you know, public speaking was a cool class. Maybe I'll consider it. So my second semester, I actually took interpersonal communication, like comm 110. Um, and I absolutely fell in love with that class. Not am going to be honest, I just a bunch of lectures, but in terms of like reading the content and, uh, taking a test and, you know, I have like a lecture and activity section, the activity section is where signed because I, sign, I did all the lectures. Um, and that's when I fell in love with interpersonal communication and I started, you know, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to major in communication studies now because I actually loved what I learned there. And like I mentioned earlier, um, as a communication major, um, I actually hated public speaking. So every time I say, like, I'm a comm major, and I'm like, but you hate public speaking, like, why? Uh, it's because I focus more on interpersonal and business communication. I study more of like how people communicate or like forming relationships, conflict management, how to organize business or communication in a business environment. That's more what I study, like uh, communication theories, rhetoric, not necessarily public speaking. Gotcha. Um, So uh, that's when I started, uh, when I took COM 110, I fell in love with communication and um, I just wanted to study more interpersonal stuff. So um, I decided that I'm going to declare my major in communication studies and drop my job to a minor. And um, uh, by the time I finished all the prerequisites, I declared my COM major in my third year. And at the same time, I also declared, I switched out of my international business marketing minor and switched to a focused on marketing minor itself. So I was a communication studies major with a focus on interpersonal organizational relationships. Uh, And I double minored in Japanese and business marketing. And that's pretty much how I went from there in terms of communication. Uh, That's how I started communication at least.
0: Right, that is so fascinating because I I took a conflict resolution class in, uh, yeah, at at Cal State Long Beach. And I absolutely loved that class. Um, Yeah definitely like the things i learned in that conflict resolution class um like it just highlighted so much of like human just what humans do i i don't know it was like it gave me a new perspective of like what the inner workings of like how a situation comes to be Mm
2: -hmm. um
0: because you know you go through life and you kind of like just kind of experience it like firsthand without ever having like um A full like you know like an understanding of what truly happened you only understand it through the lens of like from what the knowledge you know but having that like you know you know the textbook research and 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 the theories behind communication but i was just blown away and it really helped me um you know develop a uh a a new perspective on like life I, i it taught me a lot about life like yeah, a- and and I absolutely loved it. I actually, it was so funny because I was um, undeclared for two years, and yeah, you know, I was bouncing around Japanese, like didn't know like what I wanted to do with it. Um, but I think at some point they were like, "Oh, do you want to be an Asian studies major?" And I was like, "No, I don't really see my. That's not really something I, I really want to do. Like, I loved science as a kid, and I knew I wanted to be something in science. Yeah. Um. So I just stumbled upon. What i did graduate in which is dietetics but um i told myself um i can i i came across that conflict resolution class one semester after i declared for my dietetics course and i swear yeah. like if i came across that class before i i came across my intro to nutrition class i 100 percent would have done something in communications uh. um because i i love that class so much because I was also very introverted, and I was also very shy, and I yeah. did take that public speaking class as well. Actually, um, <laughs> and uh, for me, like it was, I did dread it, and then, but my experience wasn't as positive. It was like it was okay, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I was always nervous, but then it 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 definitely helped my anxieties a little bit with public speaking, just because uh, for some reason, like. Um, there was one project I think it was like literally something like, I don't I don't remember if it was a two minute, maybe even it was like a five minute presentation on, on on something about your life or something. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, like five minutes is so much like you know you have to it's so much time, uh, to like stand up in front of people. But you start to realize like when you're working on that project and you're actually doing it, it's like wait a second, like five minutes is actually not that long, and you know. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and it's more, it's it's less about being worried about, like, having content, but mm-hmm. more about, like, having a more precise message, and, and yeah. what you can do with the five minutes versus, like, less so about yeah. having the amount and qu- quantity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that was my thing with, with conflict resolution, um, Yeah. So interesting, you know. Okay, so that's a big change. So is that kind of like how the rest of your college experience was focused on communication with like a minor in Japanese and business?
1: Yeah, I started, you know, um, communication. Uh, I definitely want to focus more on like interpersonal relationships. So I took, you know, like advanced interpersonal relationships. I took conflict management at the same course she did as well. I love that class. Uh, even more, I pursued a medias- mediation certificate as well. So I took negotiation and oh. mediation class as well.
0: I that was the thing because in conflict resolution no wait yeah it was in I think it was in the conflict resolution class but they did mention the professor there did mention like how this whole idea of being a mediator which was always a fascinating idea to me because it was like it was like a weird concept I've never thought about before where it's like you're neutral like you don't really you don't take sides like you kind of like you're just kind of... That was such a weird concept for me to kind of uh, grasp. But after some time, I, I was like... Again, it was one of those things where I was like, if I didn't go into dietetics, I would have become a mediator. Um, <laughs> because I, loved, I love that interpersonal, I love that, you know... I love all that stuff when you're yeah. not in it.
1: Because <laughs> I, <feel laughs> like,
0: I feel like when you're not in it, you can think logically. And like... You can like see like where the mistakes and where the where all that stuff is happening from an outside perspective and i feel like that's one of my strengths but you know when you're in the actual conflict it's really hard to kind of uh parse through it like think about it you know because you're biased towards yourself yeah
1: Um, but yeah that was a very eye-opening class in my opinion anything anytime i took a communication studies class i'm like this is very eye-opening uh just because you don't normally think of communication just you know when you think of communication, like oh the way of communicating um well there's so much more to that
0: (laughs) one question so because this is kind of like begging like i really this is kind of begging for me to ask this question yeah um you know what are some of like major like concepts that you kind of like took away from these classes like um it the the things like that uh really these eye-opening kind of concepts because i i remembered like well even right now i i i i kind of read psychology like because it's like one of my interesting stuff and every time i read a book it's like wow like i it just reveals a part of like humans and and their nature and and so for you, like, was there anything that kind of stuck, stuck out? I know it's kind of like on the spot to like remember, yeah, so no worries. <laughs> yeah. but was there anything like that?
1: Um, definitely. Like, so well, first of all, when it comes to like communication studies, you know, like there's two easy types of studies like rhetoric and social science. Um, mm. For me, I definitely fell in love with social science, uh, like theories behind communications. And uh, I'm not going to give like, our, like a lecture on these, some of these theories, but like some of my favorite theories were like social penetration theory. Um, which uh just like very quickly, if you guys remember watching like Shrek, remember like the onion you mentioned in Shrek. Um, general idea yeah, when it comes to social penetrations, how you want to communicate with someone to and you're closer with them. Uh like when you start like talking with someone, you talk about like, oh yeah, hi, my major is this, uh, my name is this, I'm this old. Um, but as you go deeper and deeper in, that's when you, you know, you become more open towards like who you are as a person, you're like, oh mm-hmm. yeah. You know, maybe the second level, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm an anime fan. I like these kind of anime stuff. I love playing video games. And then the third level, I'll be like, wow, yeah, I'm really into, like, this deep hobby. And I've been studying this very deeply. Um, so you just get deeper and deeper in and just kind of, kind of study of just how people, like, I guess, communicate with each other and, like, how relationships form. Not necessarily social penetration itself as a theory, but just explaining how relationships, like, just develop over time and how, like, many of these theories apply that, like, expectation, uh, EVP. Uh, even like social information processing, all those kind of theories again. They just explain so much about how relationships form over time and how they develop and things you can work with. Uh, I thought that was very eye-opening. And uh I just, you know, fell in love with these studies. Uh I want to say like I, you know, did a 10 page essay, you know, researching all this kind of stuff, but you know, I did a Google search, Wikipedia stuff, went some websites and was like, wow, learning about this topic is pretty cool. Uh, and uh, I loved all this interpersonal stuff. And that was definitely, uh, when it comes to interpersonal communication, at least in terms of like my options, uh, I definitely just loved how, you know, relationships formed. And that kind of study within interpersonal was uh, pretty intriguing to me.
0: Did that help you in your own like personal life?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, just again, because back then I was very introverted, quiet, so I didn't know how to develop relationships. So um, it was very really hard for me, like essentially make new friends. In fact, there was always the person who would like come up to me first to make, you know, introduced me like I was, I was like the introvert that extrovert adopted <laughs> um <but> yeah <laughs> nowadays uh, i'm still very introverted i but it's more i'm a social introvert uh which is why i can take like leadership like and stuff like that i can lead stuff like that but my social battery dies down very quickly and mm-hmm. i just can't be in like uh like parties for a long amount of times um but you know just leading stuff being a good leader all communicating all that that stuff just things i can handle uh, i do love social situation the fact that i don't like being introverted for too long uh, this pandemic made it kind of hard for me. Um, my battery was charging for way too long. I need to release some of that. Um, but it's funny enough, I'm still very social introverted. Like the moment I went out, my battery just drained so quickly. I'm like, <laughs> oh man, I'm so exhausted already at this being outside. Um, but yeah, when it came to like forming relationships and having these, uh, what do you call it, leadership roles now. Uh, when it came to like forming relationships with my, say like my other officers, things like that. I was much more effective than just like, hey, um, I'm your president. Can you uh, do this, Secretary? Like take notes. Um you know, nowadays I try to form a relationship like, Hey, what well, w- what do you like to do? Or what are your motivations uh for like being part here? I like to explore that kind of stuff, form some relationships, get to know them better, just many things to ask like, hey, what's for your anime? And you know, anime starters, or like, hey, what kind of games you play? You wanna play some games? Uh I'm a little more better at forming relationships nowadays than I was in the past, and essentially creating interpersonal bonds is one of my best strengths and again with other things as well like conflict management and my mediation which i actually do have a mediation certificate now um i'm gonna just say honestly uh mediation was probably one of my most stressful classes a really hard <laughs> class too to be honest i know it's just mediation and communication but being an effective mediator takes a lot of skill and practice and application and uh like when i was taking like my mediation test Uh, I felt, like, so stressed taking that test compared to, like, even, like, you know, any other test. Uh, I felt like I was more stressed taking that mediation test than I was taking my AP Calc test. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's how stressed I was, like, because you have to be kind of, like, you have to, like, apply everything on the spot and be very effective at communicating. And, you know, uh, yeah, that was just so difficult. But, (laughs) um, yeah, generally with conflict management, interpersonal relationships, those were something that uh, I just became so much better at and I can just apply to my everyday life when it comes to, like, just relationships in general, making friends, or like I mentioned, all my leadership roles—it's been very effective in terms of uh, handling all that.
0: <clears throat> you know, it's actually pretty scary. A lot of the similarities that I'm finding with like you and me, <laughs> because yeah. I—you described exactly—you described me. Because <laughs> you know, <laughs> at least in terms of like the social introvert. Um, and, like, this whole, like, too much energy thing, you know, like, recharging your batteries. That's yeah. exactly how I felt. You know, I, the reason why I, um, uh, you know, the the reason why, you know, some people I, I, you know, the people that I interact with now, I tell them, like, oh, yeah, like, I was, like, really, like, introverted and, like, really shy. And, like, I never really, like, interacted with people much. And they're like, What? Like you're an introvert, like no way, and and it's because of the fact where it's still I'm still introverted, like where I I need to recharge. But it's like like yeah. you said, like there's, I, I it was basically at some point I just got so tired of being like an introvert. <laughs> like, yeah. like I was like yeah, yeah, like I have like yeah, I like I did like a lot of like I got a lot of time by myself and like I charged my batteries but there is something about like interacting with others that is like really cool like that you don't get by like just doing stuff by yourself
2: yeah yeah um
0: but that whole thing with the battery is true like whenever i i can't stay in parties too long um you know i like i like one-on-ones better it's like something i can manage Mm. better yeah um and uh yeah, so that's like a really freaky thing. Like, there's like a lot of similarities <laughs> with the Japanese mediation conflict resolution um, and, and the whole introverted thing that's kind of like, that's really interesting. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I totally get you. I totally get you when you, when you say stuff like that. Yeah. <clears throat> so... okay, so then... interesting, interesting. Okay, so, the, and then you mentioned one of the things that, um, did you, um, going into the future, what are some of the plans that you have, like, heading into the future for yourself?
1: Um, so, just going back to what it was with, like, you know, studying in interpersonal in communication, that kind of stuff, I still was wondering, like, what would I focus on in that? Uh, one class that I took that kind of, like, became my direction for the next two years before I actually did find, like, my other direction I was I took an event planning class for under comm class and um community studies uh it's like COM 337 professional event planning um that class gave me some insight into terms like of the event planning world and I just eventually just you know loved event planning and I thought planning events were pretty fun um so I during that spring semester while I was taking event planning I actually planned about four events that semester or was either planning or involved in planning it for example like um for my event planning class, we planned an entire event called, I think it was Dig Into Summer, where we had like a bunch of summer theme events going on there. Um, and also with eSports, we planned GG Beach. I was, not, I was not a major planner in an event at all, uh, but I did help out as a volunteer, helped out with that. Uh, anime Club, we hosted our the first ever anime movie screening on campus as well. Uh, we got to host Maki on campus. Uh, the person did most of the work there, but I still helped out with that a bit. And I also work with a Japanese garden. I actually interned in Japanese garden. My first internship was at the Japanese garden under event planning and hospitality, but I focused more on event planning. And I made the gardens first, or I advised the gardens first um, anime event and uh, it was pretty fun. So that semester, it me to event planning. And uh, for the time being, I was like, I think for the future, I'm gonna focus on event planning. And uh, when I became a president of the anime club, my goal was to do a lot of events and do cool events. Sadly, the pandemic did hold me back uh, mm. for that spring semester. And uh, uh, even with esports being you know, a pandemic year as well, I could not host any events in general. So I did had to pause in my event planning career, but eventually I did find out a new passion as well, which was somewhat related to event planning. And that was uh, project management. Um, and I think uh, I really just love project management. Uh, maybe looking back at anime club and esports, I was definitely, even as a president, you know, a project manager, managing a bunch of projects for the club, even if I was managing an event, for example, uh, I just really fell in love with that. So uh, going back to my studies again, uh, not only did I study interpersonal, but I also studied business communication. And one class I took was business communication, uh, comp 220, and mm-hmm. how to structure communication in a business environment. And that was also very eye-opening. gonna uh, be honest. So even when I say eye-opening, I kind of forgot what happened already. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, generally when I remember I remember taking that class, I'm like, wow, this is so cool. And then um, I decided to like remember like some key points of that, like how to structure communication and business stuff and like apply it to like event planning and project management. And when I became a leader, I even applied some of that studies I learned from business communication towards like my leadership stuff and uh, as I progressed forward to my fifth year, uh, as I studied more project management, I, that's when I even enrolled in leadership academy as well. Um, leadership academy is a, a program on campus that's essentially for developing leaders on campus. Uh, it's normally a four to six semester plan, but because I joined my fifth year, I actually had to finish that whole academy in two semesters. Um, so that was also kind of stressful. But uh, generally, getting some leadership experience and uh, planning events was kind of like a combination of what led me to become a to start studying project management. And right now. My goal right now is to at least plan A right now is to become a project manager. Once I get like a real job, um, I want to become a project manager for some kind of company right now. Um, of course, right now I'm looking for an entry level job. Just generally, even just like retail, whatever. Um, but plan A is um, project management, and plan B right now is to be a marketing executive. Um, just because you know I studied marketing as well. Um, but yeah, generally uh, with all my studies in communication, with my experience when it comes to like leading all these orgs, and my experience in leadership academy. And just generally becoming someone to so like develop communities and things like that. I kind of want to become a project manager who helps out various communities, uh, focus mainly on anime and gaming, because those are just my biggest passions. And yeah, generally, uh, that's what I'm looking toward the future. Maybe I'll be a project manager for a, a gaming company. I'll be a project manager maybe for an anime company, uh, the anime industry. Or I might just be a project manager for, I don't know, McDonald's. That's not the plan, don't worry. Um, but for example, a project manager for like McDonald's, where you like manage maybe the advanced things like that. Uh, that's definitely something that I will be looking towards you. Uh, so, McDonald's like job, but not necessarily McDonald's when it comes to like project management.
0: <laughs> right. That is so fascinating. What, okay, so I, how would this process go? So, you have an idea. So, there's like an, an event that you want to plan. Uh, and then, so you have like an idea in mind. And then, do you like have to just contact like the relative like uh authorities like administration like relating to that event is that kind of like how that process would go
1: for event planning yeah um um, generally when it comes to event planning so to be honest right now uh i've only done events on campus so far so most of the things that are like security or like this major kind of paperwork stuff is actually handled by the school it's not logistics and Logistics, marketing, planning—that's all handled by me. but I'm doing like the paperwork stuff, that's actually handled by the school. Mm. So I'm actually not familiar with that. I would have to do more self-study or take uh, event planning classes outside of campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't graduate now, so I actually might plan to do so uh, just because I do have an interest in event planning. So as of right now, I'm say like, I don't know actually. When you, uh, I don't have a, I don't have a definite answer to your question right now, to be honest. But what I'll say is that I'm gonna be looking for the answer as I study towards the future.
0: Right very fascinating so when you were on campus and were doing that so you just submitted that idea to like someone like who yes
1: um so you have what you call an sod sod standing for student life development which are basically your advisor for like school clubs mm. uh, you talk to them about your plans like hey i want to host this cool event here here's what i want to join a do Here's like uh, a timeline the budget expenses possible things like that maybe even paperwork what we need to do and the advisor be like, okay, here's how you can do that with the school. Here's what we can help you with uh, fundraising, things like that, tips. Sod the advisor guides guide you do everything. So, uh, when it comes to paperwork, uh, basically all the paperwork has to go through the school, anyways, actually, just to make sure, like, maybe just keep the students safe, like, make sure we don't get scammed by, like, some company when it comes to, like, you know, sponsoring or, like, uh, what do you call contracts and, like, that. So, the school is generally keeping us safe there. Right. Um, so, luckily, I didn't only really have to study that. So, I'm so familiar with that field. But planning logistic-wise, that's all by us. And the SOD advisor is more just, you know, an advisor. They actually don't necessarily do too much involvement when it comes to our planning or logistics. Uh, that's all on us. So when it comes to event planning, I do have experience with that kind of field and, you know, planning some cool events. And, yeah, uh, I was trying to plan some events uh, for my last term Amic Club president. Uh, but sadly, you know, that was during the pandemic. So all <laughs> of that had to get canceled. But I'm still looking forward, and I do have cool plans coming up in the future still
0: very nice how did uh otaku hourly uh play into your college experience no oh, you know to be honest i forgot about
1: that um, <laughs> <laughs> um it's because like oh man i hope everyone doesn't listen to this episode um <laughs> <laughs> um so like when i first uh, i joined anime club my like, first year of college right um uh jonathan belchon did a presentation at Amic club like hey here's what i talk earlier is about we have a show every thursday all that kind of stuff you know i'm like "Oh, cool i'll listen to it Um uh, sadly the show was during like my classes so i couldn't like listen to it fully um but you know i gained some interest uh i'll talk about it. It was pretty cool um by my second year um i had a class i took a class uh with one of the talk i members. So i'm like wow okay cool i'll talk with this guy you know, became friends and I'm like, hey, can you introduce me to a talker hourly? I think I want to join. So he was kind of like my network to get inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I met Beltran and I talked with Beltran, Jonathan Beltran, and he got me into a talker hourly together. I did a like, show with him. But, you know, after I did that one show, I kind of like kind of fell off a bit um, mm-hmm. because I, I wanted to focus more on MMA club and esports, especially as I became a president. So uh, my active role in a um, talker hourly, especially during my fourth and fifth year on campus, was kind of really dead so I kind of left uh Early on the side. I'm sorry, Jonathan. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> but generally, yeah, I joined Talk Early in my second year. I did some podcasts, I did some um shows for them. Uh I even did some interviews for them as well. Uh I was one of their. I was like the interview person for when we when we went to interview people at Anime Impulse, which is just seen our major convention at SoCal. Um, and I did help out with a bunch of talker projects on the side. Um, but generally when it comes to talker early, I would not say like I was a major figure in talker early, but I was definitely like a supporting cast or a supporting character that pretty frequently throughout the you know the four or five years I was in campus, and I had, I did have fun, and even now I still help with uh, a talker early even as a graduate. Um, I actually just met with Jonathan Beltran about a month ago. We talked about talker early and had some fun, uh, and I still plan to help out talker early at least for one more year. I eventually will be moving on, um, to like my own future, but talker early is still a big part of my college career. And I made some good friends there and a uh, good experience there. And generally, it was one way for me to get more familiar with the anime industry overall. And yeah, I pretty much had fun there. Uh, not much to say regarding Attack talker already, but it definitely wasn't an uh, experience for me to have fun with and get used to like podcasting, that kind of stuff. And yeah, get me some, uh, some nice networks within the anime industry as well. But yeah, overall, not too deep, uh, but I had fun. <laughs> Very nice. Very Nice.
0: Favorite anime?
1: Oh, favorite anime. Oh. <laughs> so I actually do have an answer to that, but I have two answers I will say. Because I have my objectively favorite anime and my subjectively favorite anime. And what I mean by that? I say subjective because it's just more of a guilty present. Like, it's entertaining. It's not well-written, but the characters are fun. The story is fun. Uh, it's not like a 10 out of 10 anime of all time. And then I have my objectively favorite anime, which, you know, I came for the story. The character, it's so good. Got me hooked, everything like that. Amazing. Probably one of the best enemies of all time. Um... <laughs> So, when it comes to my objectively favorite anime, that is A Place Further Than the Universe, if you ever heard of that. What was what it called? A Place Further Than the Universe.
0: A Place... Within the Universe?
1: Further Than the Universe. okay. And again, generally, I'm not going to give too long of a detail, but it's about a story about four girls who travel to Antarctica, and what they kind of discover themselves as they get there, and, like, who they are in the world, what their goals, motivations are. And it's a very simplistic story, but it's very, like, heartwarming and how like they push towards their motivations and again like me again like throughout most of my early life i was very quiet introverted only pushed for much and now i'm you know i'm not really going to antarctica but i am you know (laughs) become a leader in various areas and i kind of want to push towards my passions and i felt that kind of synergy when i was watching a place for an universe all these girls pushing towards their goals as a you know journey to antarctica and i thought that was just very nice and very beautiful and uh, it just became my instant favorite anime objective of all time, and I just love the anime. And yeah, I would recommend it to everyone. at place for universe. If you're listening, please watch it. It's available on Crunchyroll. <laughs> uh, I'm definitely yeah. gonna watch it. Uh, oh, <clears throat> awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have. I haven't heard of that one, but I'll definitely check that out. And the subjective one.
1: Oh man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna be judged uh, when I say this out loud. Um, but subjectively, uh, my favorite anime is called New Game. Uh, I'm not gonna recommend this to be honest. Uh, it, new game is just a bunch of cute girls making video games. I uh, <laughs> see why, subjectively, like guilty like, part like, oh, you know, the cute girls uh, and they're making video games as a gamer. I'm like, you know, uh, all the girls are pretty cute, and in the anime, they're all having fun making games. They're, they're gamers. They have fun making video games, that kind of stuff, and generally, it's just a, just a fun slice of life about girls making video games, and I just enjoyed it. Uh, it's not like the best writing. The characters can you know be fleshed out a little better. Story can be developed a little better, but it has cute girls and games. <laughs> so, like, you got me there. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Right. Um, so that's why I say subjective is my favorite anime. I don't often recommend it to everyone. Uh, When it comes to, like, recommending anime, I always recommend my objectively favorite place for the universe. But I can't, you know, push aside That new game definitely has a huge impact on me, and I just absolutely love the anime despite, you know, its flaws. It's just entertaining. The most entertaining anime I've ever, had, I've ever experienced.
0: Definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all about, you know, it's um your experience with it and if it if that had like an impact on you like that like that's a great anime you know
1: yeah even the main character had similar motivations to me um like i remember the place for the universe uh similar motivation stories the main character new game also has the same motivation like you know she wanted to get into gaming but i wasn't too sure how it was she became a good artist art she found out she's good at art and you know pushed forward to become an artist in a game company, and, I kind of want the same when it comes to a uh a uh, uh, project manager for like whatever food I want to be in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just felt that synergy, so that's why I actually love the anime as well.
0: <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. What you know, I never really touched on this, but why do you think you you liked anime so much?
1: Um it, 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 to be honest, my reasons for anime changed a lot like as I watched anime. Like, at first, I only watched anime for the social experience because, again, all my friends were watching it, so I just wanted to be part of the crew. Uh, eventually, um, second reason why is because I actually, actually fell in love with Slice Life anime. It's very relaxing. It just felt, like, so nice. Um, and they tell you a lot about life in general. Again, I uh, one of the cool things is that you can even nowadays, you can see, like, the interpersonal, you know, communication between <laughs> yeah. them. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool. And that was nice as I was quite young. Uh, then, eventually, I moved on to... Um, a new reason why I liked anime. Uh, I'm not going to go into detail, but to say it's kind of, uh, you know, inappropriate. So I'm going to move on to my fourth reason, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is because I just found off the storytelling they had. I think anime is a pretty unique narrative. And um, um, I just loved how a lot of stories were told through it. And I don't think I only experienced that with, I'm pretty sure a lot of American media have nowadays, but I'm sort of like the kid oriented stuff or like more targeted to like preteens or teenagers around like maybe 13 to 18. I don't really experience the same kind of storytelling I see in um, those kind of series, at least in the mainstream series. Compared right to I see in an anime, and again, like with *Place in the Universe*, I've never experienced that kind of storytelling in like American media. Maybe there's out there, but it's not like really easy accessible compared right to like what I see with anime. Because uh, *Place in the Universe* was like one of the more top anime within the anime community, and I just absolutely fell in love with the anime.
0: That is true, yeah. <clears throat> like. Definitely the the, um, adolescence um audience, um, media. You don't really get that a lot in American because I know there's like kid shows and cartoons. Yeah. But like I, it doesn't hit the
1: same. <laughs> I feel all. like most American media is focused either on action or comedy. Uh-huh. Uh. They don't really explore the other genres as much. Uh. I feel like action comedy is, like, the biggest things I see in mainstream American media. Of course, it might be in, like, the more uh, obscure parts of, like, or non l- less accessible parts of American media. But it's really hard to find those kind of stuff, compared too. At least for me, with, with, with anime.
0: Right. That That is true. Yeah, I never really thought about it that way. Like, I, there's, like, superheroes and, and, and hero yeah. movies. But definitely not, like, slice of anime. I don't really... there's not, Like, is there even, like, a genre...
1: I don't it, think Slice Life is an American genre. Yeah, I honest. know. That, that's
0: very unique and unique to, to anime. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, that I love Slice of Anime. Like, just kind of uh, seeing that, um, like you said, the interpersonal. Yeah, um, there's a lot more focus on their
1: personal. Yeah, daily lives. When the action like, oh, we're going to fight. Comedy, or are focused on laughing, you know. Um, rom com Slice Life have more focus on those kind of like interpersonal relationships that... I, I want it very simplistic, like, you know, drama is cool and all, but just, just seeing, like, the daily life going on and observing their interpersonal relationships is, like, what makes me happy, to be honest. I still watch action here and then, comedy here and then, even drama. I love those shows as well. But Slice Life and problems are definitely, like, my biggest anime categories.
0: Most definitely. Okay, so I think we hit... <clears throat> oh, I have... I've been asking this question. I've been really, it's a its a rather big, deep question, but yeah. I, I, I like to ask the question of like, <clears throat> how are you the hero in your story?
1: Oh, that's an interesting question. And to be honest, uh, I kind of have a different answer to that, to be honest. And the fact is that I personally want to say that I'm not the hero in my story, to be honest. And for example, I just like to see myself as just another character in everyone's story together. I feel like everyone's story contributes to each other. We're all part of our own narratives. I don't really see anyone as the main character, to be honest. Um, I see as, you know, my story, maybe I have a arc that focuses on me as a storyline, but I'm not necessarily the main character. We each contribute and develop each other throughout our lives. Uh, Like I'm not alone in this. Uh, What helped me become better was, you know, uh, my mentors or the people I become mentors for, we each contribute to each other's story. Uh, So whenever people say like the word hero, I don't necessarily see myself as, you know, the one true character of my story. I just see my story as everyone else's story in this one big story. And I just have the story I follow along, and I support their story. They support my story. We're all main characters. We're all heroes. Maybe there's a villain there, but we're all heroes <laughs> um, for the most part. So I'm not going to answer your question directly. Like, I don't see myself as a hero. I see myself as a character in everyone's story, if you're okay with the answer. <laughs> I love the answer. It's, it's I've
0: Like you said, I've never i mean i've only asked it a handful of times but i like the unique answer Uh, because i i I totally see that like you're based a lot on like community and 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 you've done a lot of work with community building and and a lot of your passion is is kind of connecting people
1: um so that answer just seems so you (laughs) you know to be honest i didn't think about that when i answered it i just like you know i for me personally i just don't like attention um I'm not really an attention person. Even as like the president of multiple clubs, uh, I only like show off to my close friends. Like, yo, I did all this resume <laughs> stuff. Yo, what, well, wait, what did you do? But when I say like my resume in general, I I just like yeah, I help lead communities. Uh, I don't really like to bring too much attention to myself. I only like to show off to my closest friends because um, yeah, I like to be better than them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, um, I'm not really an attention gatherer outside of my friend groups, and um, that's why I don't really like consider myself as a as a, a main character or a hero. But mm-hmm. also what you explained, I'm like wow that definitely is like just just my like story overall i like i like that example you gave or analogy you provided for me that came with my story and yeah that definitely does suit me actually
0: yeah i i love that you know it's just when you you know when you just have like a when you're moving in a direction and you have a goal in mind like you like like you like um everything kind of falls into place and um i think yeah. that um it's even more hilarious that you weren't thinking about that. And then it just so happened that your story is like that. So it's like kind of like <laughs> your unconscious, like the, your th- unconscious thoughts that came to surface, like as you were creating that answer, it just, it makes <sighs> it all just goes together as it shows. Yeah. So you're, you, I, I have this thing where it's, I think that if you live a life according to your values, that follows your values, you're generally more like happy. Because if you're authentic and genuine and you're trying to pursue, like the things that you genuinely enjoy, it just shows, it's just so much better for everyone. It's so much better for you and so much better for the people that you get to, um, you know, that come across you in your sphere of influence because everyone kind of sees like, you know, this person is not fake. This person isn't pretending to be who they are. Like, like, who they're trying to be they're just them and they're doing their best in the um in the hopes of their dreams and aspirations and you're a perfect example for that i think (laughs) you know like you had a goal you weren't like the best like you weren't like you didn't have all the skills and the leadership and and all of like this at the very beginning of, of this thing but yeah, you stuck out with it, and you learned along the way, and 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 at the end of it, like you did good work in the in the organizations you were a part of, and then you became like better because of that. Yeah, and uh, that's that's a great story. That's a great story, man. And I mean, it just, I mean, this is like exactly what I was like, you know, kind of looking for. Like, the, these are like, you're the type of person that, um, that these organizations are like lucky to have.
2: <laughs>
0: you know, like, you were talking about like, you know, when you were mentioning esports and you were kind of like anxious or like, you know, about like n- not knowing enough about esports, but it really it was your other skills that really, um, that really, um, you know, shine through yeah. is the most important part there. And, um, and so, you know, I think you did a great job there and and all the projects that, you know, you're gonna be in charge of moving forward. I mean that it's so exciting. Like to see like, you know, because you've had such a good track record and, and, and yeah. of slugging it out when you don't uh you know even when you don't exactly like have everything uh, you know, like set and especially the adaption thing. Um I really kinda like like that like learning aspect of it like how you're learning to adapt because that's kind of like life like life has its ways to really break down like plans yeah (laughs) um so it's it's just really um you know it's good to see that um acknowledgement because it's like um it just bodes well for the future it's it's very um Based in reality and your expectations can be tampered um, by by that reality so that you know You increase your chance of a successful uh, Outcome yeah, Um, which is always always great less suffering hopefully for you (laughs) and uh, You know and and everything else yeah Yeah, man, so I Mean, I think I covered everything uh, I wanted to cover at least for for this one, you know, we went over the you know your time as that in the anime club, esports, um, a little bit on the attack hourly, kind of like how you kind of came to be like you know where you're at, you know. Yeah. I, I really love that there was a lot of things. There was a lot of progression stuff, you know, like things that started off from pure passion. You know, your interest in the flute, your interest in math, um, <laughs> you know, those things are it, it's really interesting because I mean. It's it's really interesting because some things come into your life and sometimes they go, you know, and, and sometimes they come back maybe, but um it's always like uh you just don't know what life is gonna give you, I guess.
1: Yeah, but uh to be honest, like even though like I kinda give them them, it still helped me realize something. Um like one of the things that you know, this society is kinda run by specialists and people who are like really good at specializing in things. But after after, you know, finding all of those stuff, but noticing that I had some country in eastern field those field, those fields helped me realize that I'm more of a generalist. And that's where more of the community studies and project matters lie, like, their specialty in. Um, so, like, you know, like, when I kind of fell to music, one thing I didn't know is that I was good at leading people around when it came to, like, you know, music stuff. Even with math, I was able to, like, you know, form study sessions together. Um, so generally, like, finding out those kind of stuff, the other aspects that, you know, in music or math or even Japanese was help, what helped me lead, lead me towards, like, well, you know, I'm actually pretty good at, you know, project management and, you know, as a journalist, you know, you often, you know, specialize in many different fields, but you're not never, you're never an expert at them. So I'm still pretty good at music. I'm still pretty good at math. I'm still pretty good at pretty much everything. Like as a journalist, I'm actually like, I like show off a bit. Like I can pretty much do anything in this world <laughs> at a very basic level. I'm not an expert at anything, but if you give me a task, I could promise you probably in a month, I could probably do them at a very uh, higher, than, slightly higher than, average, higher than average level. And uh, not an expert, I'm not an expert in anything, but you know, failing music, failing Japanese, failing all that kind of helped me lead to, you know, as a community study, that's a very generalist major, and that helped me lead to, like, yeah, this is my specialty. Is that not, not having a specialty is my specialty, but being able to be very effective in all these stuff and being able to lead that kind of stuff was my specialty, and yeah, uh, failures lead, do lead to experience and they help me understand, like, gain new insights into, like, you know, what I'm actually good at, and that was, uh, you know, project management or community development.
0: Definitely. Um, and, and I think that it only helps to, you know, help connect you to a, a wider, you know, audience. Um, just because, yeah. like, you know, it's just better to know, you know, about a lot of things just because, I mean, in, in some aspects, like you said, like specialization is important, you know, leading, like, those the field. Um, yeah. But, um, but there's also something to say about, like, a person that, just has their you know hands dipped in a lot of different subjects because um in a way like they're they're uniquely placed for something um should I say like special like they have the special ability to like tap into these different reservoirs to um Yeah for whatever they want I guess like you were mentioning like yeah, whether yeah, it's like-
1: exploring our motivations interesting like that uh generally like as me with my interpersonal skills as well i can generally figure out what motivates people and like work towards that especially with their what skills that they actually have and as a project manager that's one of the most important things to consider and being able to be familiar with generally familiar with all these foods helps you like understand how to like work towards a motivation with those skills a little more efficiently
0: right so interesting so do you think it helped you so you're talking about motivations a little bit so Do you think like it's able for um it helps you able to kind of like convince people or persuade people to move in the direction like a common goal i guess to help yeah okay
1: common goal is definitely one of the biggest things to work with of course there's always like sub goals that each individual has like their own motivation as well uh so i would look into their own motivations and help them go towards the individual goal but I help that individual goal, like each person individual, goal, lead to a common goal that helps us go to like a common project uh, objective.
0: That is so fascinating. Yeah, I I like that because I have this thing with like I like exploring the idea of like human potential. Yeah. Um. And I and I, and that's probably why like that fuels my my motivation to like maybe go into the the mental health field um whether like a therapist or like psychologist because i see like a lot of potential in people but sometimes they're just there's like certain obstacles that they you know run into and they just need they just don't know how to get over that um and so it's really interesting like what you were talking about like understanding their motivations because you know if you both have like agree to like you both have this kind of common goal But something's just not working out. Like there's something there, like that's just not uh, working in favor of that goal. So then you come in there and you do the work to kind of, you know, push, uh, push kind of that other person in that direction so that everybody is will benefit from it. Yeah, that is fascinating. I I really want to like look into that a little bit because. Yeah, that is really interesting. Your your whole story about this whole project planning thing is really interesting. Because. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. This is really interesting. <laughs> because, it, because it's like the things that will like push people, push new ideas forward, you know? Yeah. Like all these like, I mean, when you think about it, everything, everything is like a project. Like that's like worthwhile. Like yeah, anime, yeah, yeah. like all the animes, like. They that's a, a project of their own, like every game, every. Yeah. It's all projects, and it had to it had to be managed, you know, and. You know that you're like definitely a person that seems like would do great in that.
1: Yeah, when it comes to like project management, I just love exploring people like motivations, and uh, one of the things I like to do is all, provide open communication, like room to even criticize or even innovate uh that's when like some of the best ideas come out uh like when I was testing out earlier uh with my team earlier like right now I'm actually trying to create like a cool event for campus eventually for the future mm-hmm. and I had them explore some cool ideas and you know when I gave them the room to explore a uh, new idea for like a virtual space uh one of my teams came up with something a new way to explore that constant that I would never have done and if you know if you were stuck under my planning plans you know we probably would never <laughs> explore that idea at all so when it comes to exploring motivation and interest it's also a very good idea to also see like you know what ideas they come up with so i always push for innovative ideas and sometimes even criticizing my ideas so we can see like maybe you know i'm not perfect when it comes to plans uh so um when everybody criticize stuff they also come up with new ways like maybe not this j but maybe this and I'm like whoa i didn't see it that way new insight is always very interesting and i have Again, I mentioned earlier as leadership, uh, one of the most important traits is communication and allowing that kind of open communication for criticism and innovation, just provides so much for our project. And that's what I love when it comes to like, with my type of leadership style, my least type of leadership style is more of a communicative, like open leadership kind of like style uh, compared to other people who are more kind of rigid or um, I guess more strict. Uh, I, I prefer them open, like not only, really, not, I'm not really like a leader, but more I'm like a guidance person. Like I guide people towards a goal, and I've united us in their common goal, but I'm not necessarily like their boss, if that makes sense. Even though I am their boss.
0: (laughs) Right. And I think people are, you know, are attracted to that type of leader because it gives them like a voice um, in their direction, you know? And and the more uh, people feel like they matter in the uh, direction of a project, you know, the more invested I would feel yeah. like that they would be in it. Yeah. So, definitely. I It's all super That's <laughs> all super cool to hear from from uh, you know, from from your leader uh ship experience kind of thing.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <sighs> all right, man. We've been at it for an hour and 50 minutes. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> You've been such a fascinating person to talk to because they I haven't come across this many similarities um <laughs> with um with an individual at least um you know with speaking with them because yeah, yeah like not only do we go to the same high school same college, college. anime japanese um e-sports, communication, communication oh, yeah, sure. i mean it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. Um yeah. to kinda of, like see um introvertedness, social introvert.
1: Yeah, all those kind of stuff. We're also like very good looking, you know. yeah. Add that <laughs> onto the list. Yeah, that too. <laughs>
0: uh but yeah, man. I I absolutely loved uh this conversation. Um Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> um I learned a lot. Um and it, you know, I'm sure the viewers also would learn a lot about what it takes to be a good leader, um, and that uh, that Cal State Long Beach has <laughs> lucky been lucky to have had leading their organizations. Um, but yeah, man. Um, any any questions left? Anything you need to be said before we wrap up here?
1: um you know just generally um you know uh as you know general tips you know again uh communication is one of the best assets to have in life uh i know like you need you generally just you know you communicate every day i don't need to study that stuff um uh, honestly if you want to focus on your major stuff like that generally that's okay uh you are a specialist in your own field but just getting a you know a better sense of uh communication skills and a personal business communication they can do a lot uh for your life especially when it comes to like group projects you're gonna address a lot of them throughout college or even your work field uh, how to, you know, properly, you know, schedule these kind of group projects, uh, motivations, all that kind of stuff will just help make your life a lot more fun, especially when it comes to relationships as well, which you'll form a lot of friendships or even lovers. Um, communication is key. It uh, will help you a lot. And, I, I, you know, being a computer studies major, uh, communication, very important. And, yeah, and always do your best. Um, you know, like me, uh, when it came to esports sports presidency, you know, I was far from a good president. Um had no idea how to run esports. I know, like, some of the board members are probably like, Why is this guy running the club? He knows nothing about gaming, but you know, push forward, uh, you know, do what you're, you're good at. Again, leadership was more of my skill, project management. I put trust in my team, uh, to handle the esports portion of that, and they did it pretty well. Um, so again, don't be afraid to push forward. Uh, you know, for me, very quiet. My love, my early life was a huge contrast from my life now. Not only was I very quiet, but I also hated amy as a, as a young kid. <laughs> Look at me now president of Miami club college big chain so um <laughs> you never know what your life's going to lead towards too uh but always just you know keep pushing forward and um yeah um do your best <laughs> oh. i guess that's my my general tips uh yeah have fun you everyone
0: <laughs> <laughs> very nice very nice how how can the viewers find you jay if you oh. have...
1: Um, if you do want to find me, uh, generally um, right now, again, my tag is Shortcast. You can find me on Twitter. Um, you can kind of find me on Twitch, but I'm not really as active there, uh, stream-wise. Uh, I do have an Instagram as well, but um, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I would say just uh, be more familiar with me first. I'm more a person who wants to value a post right? for you. can follow me on Instagram, but if you want to reach out for us, again, reach me on Twitter, on Shortcast, uh, Shortcast, uh, Twitch. Uh, what else do I have? Other platforms. Uh, you can even find me on Discord as well. I don't know uh anywhere i see Journey twitter again showcast h s h i r o c a s t showcast on twitter and then uh if you want to become good friends interpersonal relationships again you can follow I'll, I'll lead you to my instagram discord facebook and we'll you know have fun there but uh twitch twitter you'll see me there yeah yeah <laughs> i'm very i'm very quiet introvert. i don't want too much attention <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah best way to contact me is either to twitch uh, i mean to Twitter and I do have my email there as well, so you can contact me on my email there as well.
0: There you guys go. That's how you find Jay. Um he's a great guy, um, as seen on the podcast. <laughs> and um but yeah, um very nice. I I'm looking forward to all the projects that you're going to um head in the future. Um yep. with all your experience and all your um your temperament, also with leadership, it definitely seems like people are gonna love you as their boss. <laughs> yeah, um, <I> helps so. <laughs> Um, and uh, you know that's gonna lead to like great projects, I'm sure. Thank um, you. I always say at the end of these, I always love, um, would love somewhere in the future a follow up episode, um, you know, to kind of see, you know, this is kind of like a time mark in in time like this is like you know you just graduated still trying to find yeah. your 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 um your bearings out there um after college and um so this is the start of your uh yeah. your arc in your uh one of your character arcs um i would say <laughs> yeah, just and- a
1: side character not a main character <laughs> right <Not a>
0: <laughs> um but definitely later i want to get the the full scoop on uh you know, the different projects you're working on, especially, hopefully, after all this uh, COVID stuff has yeah. passed away and, and you can, uh, you know, do more plan organization. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, waiting to plan events.
0: Definitely. To, to build that community, um, yeah. ultimately. So I'm sure we're going to see more of Jay out there doing great work um, for the anime community, for the gaming community. And um, I I look forward to seeing that.
1: Thank you.
0: All right, guys. So that's going to wrap up the 16th episode of the Gabriel podcast. I had my guest here, J. Anthony Galiza, former anime uh, club president, a former uh, esports club president at California State University. Um, He was a a great, great interviewee, and uh, I look forward to everything he's going to produce. So... Have a great rest of your day, guys, and
2: I'll see you on the next one. Bye.